I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, my name is Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast. Alongside me, as always, is manager Jacob. Jacob, what are you drinking? Not right now, because you don't seem to have anything. Sarah, or I do have, you have something. something. Oh, it's just I'm gonna hidden. Use, I'm going to use this time. Give me one second. Bring back the ASMR. I love the color. Oh, hold on. Got to get the good ding. Whoa, listen to that. Sarah, this is my reusable water bottle. I First can see of that. All, I've been roasted in the comments a little bit for just drinking water every week. However, this time I have something important to say. It is a PSA about water. One. About water. Yeah. <laughs> One, stay hydrated. Okay. Two, use a reusable water bottle. And yep. three, this is probably the most important and something that recently I haven't been very good at. Mm-hmm. Wash your reusable water bottle. I feel like that's something I forget to do too. It's, you, you just what? keep refilling it, and yeah. then you kind of forget to like actually wash it. Straw part specifically, do you have one of those? Like, yeah, yeah. Pipe I only, I only things? drink water with a straw, really. Okay, yeah. You got to get the straw with one of those pipe cleaner things, and it's important. So, everyone, I'm drinking water this week. Sarah, what are you drinking? I've been drinking the Cottage Springs tequila sodas. So they're new. Oh, they came out. We yes. got a little taste test. Jacob even got an influencer PR package. Thank so you, Cottage Springs. His first was that your first PR? Yes. Like officially from First the official PR. Wow. It's a big deal. So anyways, <laughs> uh, we got the taste test early before they came out and we did a little taste test with all the girls before going to a concert and we love, love, love the grapefruit one because it kind of tasted like a Paloma. And big, four flavors, right? Yeah. Mango, lime, grapefruit, and uh, pineapple. Okay. Pineapple yeah. I wasn't really a fan of. I'm not going to really? lie. Really? And I love Cottage Springs, but I'm not afraid to tell them when they can improve on something. Okay. I haven't tried, I haven't tried the pineapple one yet, but maybe I'll try yeah, that. Yeah. Try that next. and give me the vibe check next week. Uh, I'm a just, pineapple guy. So you might like it more than me. I, I just was not a fan, but if I was going to rank them, grapefruit, number one, best all time flavor. Okay. Lime, great. Cause it feels like margarita ish, but it's like a little lighter. 
Yeah, fun who doesn't drink. love that? Some fun, some fun or drink. Oh my god, fun summer drink. <laughs> then I went mango. You can never go wrong with mango, but you know, there's I like mango with a vodka beverage instead. And then pineapple was my fourth ranked. So maybe it'll grow on me. I also did not drink them cold. I drank them kind of lukewarm out of a bag. So That's not the I don't way know to if do I it. can properly judge it. So maybe I'll Pineapple do, might be back in the mix. I then. might have to do another taste test <laughs> or two or three or four. Sarah, what are you reading or watching this week? So I've been so I've been watching a lot of travel YouTube videos. I'm oh. getting inspired. Um, by the time this airs, I will have come back from my trip to Europe. So I mean, hopefully I've come back from my trip to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so I made that comment today and someone's like, don't put Ominous. that juju. Who knows? And maybe I'm going to move there. Um, so I will be coming back from my trip to Europe. And then I'm already like, I end one trip and I start planning my next trip. Like I right. can't, I always need something to look forward to. And to me, that's travel. So I'm trying to plan a little, like I keep calling it my eat, pray, love trip. Mm-hmm. I'm not planning on blowing up my life and doing anything like that. But I just like eat, pray, love the mentality of like going on a solo trip. And I want to do that in September. So, so I'm trying to get inspired. So specifically, I've been watching a lot of Karen Nate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like my favorite travel YouTubers and they've been in Japan. And Ooh. I don't, I don't know if I do Japan solo necessarily, but like actually our guest went to Japan and it really inspired me to like look it up and want to go there. I never really had desire before that, but Japan looks so cool. Yeah. And I think now I'm, that's really high on my travel list now. Big cities and great forests. Food. Forests, food, food, <laughs> 7-Elevens there apparently are Im- it looks impeccable. So I don't know, like maybe Japan's up there on my list for September, but you can leave a comment or you know, message me and tell me where I should travel on my little solo trip to, in September. Oh, that's that's fine. what okay. we're aiming and for. Shout out Karen Nate. Shout out Karen Nate. We'd love you on the pod. I would. I'd fangirl a little bit over Karen Nate, but they're also nomads, so who knows where they're going to be. Whenever at you're any coming point. through, we'll make it happen. <laughs> Whenever you're coming through. And then what are you watching? So I am trying to catch up on kind of documentaries that I've been interested in viewing. And the one that just actually won the Oscar, Navalny, mm-hmm. I watched this the other day amazing it's about like the opposition leader in russia who's like coming up against putin essentially and then there's this hit that kind of happens on him oh and it's you know it was a big news story when it happened Mm -hmm. so if you're familiar with it you kind of know where things are going however what they captured on camera it was just incredible yeah shocking but also like just the most entertaining. It also was produced by a Canadian. So was it really? Yeah, yeah. The guy that won the Oscar, like my friend's boyfriend, was like, "Oh, I went to high school with that guy." And no I'm like, way. Of course you did. Okay. <laughs> Toronto's so small, but yeah, apparently it's produced by Canadian. So okay, that's just well, another reason to watch it. A little CanCon content for you. Yeah, and I think it's streaming. So go out and find it. So what are you listening to? Ah, oh, Sarah, this is what I'm excited for. I I listened to it once. And then I listened to it immediately the second time right after. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've listened to it another another time. Miley Cyrus's new album. Endless Summer Vacation. Endless Summer Vacation. It is going to be played endlessly on my summer <laughs> vacation. I'm ready to add Jaded to my songs of the summer, I think. my Yeah, your running my, list that we have to add. It's every a week something gets knocked <laughs> off. but While there's still snow on the ground and you're still thinking of what's going to be the song of summer. <laughs> and then we'll have a whole playlist by the time summer ends. Actually. You know what? I think it could be Jaded. Jaded yeah, I think is so my too. favorite song That's one of my favorites album. on the album. And too. it is just, you know, no shade to Miley because I am a big Miley fan. However, some of, you know, the last couple of albums have mm. had a couple of misses i thought they're not really like top to bottom out full albums exactly and this is top to bottom no misses in my opinion i think it's also because she did the whole am pm thing this time so like side a side b so instead of side a and b am is like the first half of the album songs you listen to in the morning 
side B, B like PM is songs you listen to like at night. So you got the more like reflective, like I was in love, reflective breakup songs at the start. And then it goes into like the sexy Miley that we know and love. Yeah, this makes sense. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know though. You're not listening on an actual vinyl. So like it makes sense. You're not like flipping it over. Yeah, yeah. What are you listening to? I've been listening to the Aurora soundtrack from Daisy Jones and the Six. I'm obsessed oh. with that show, guys. I do not shut up about it. Um, Yeah, I've been listening to the Aurora soundtrack. The thing that I love about it is I listen to the music. And then when I watch the show, I already know the songs that they're making when yeah. they like make the songs in the show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're making this new song. I'm like, I already know all the words to it. <laughs> so I love it. And I'm just manifesting that they're actually going to go on a tour because it's been rumored really nolan and i would be front row nolan and i go in the car and we mix in the aurora album with like rumors by fleetwood mac and we go back and forth and we just like vibe like it's a seven okay wait what kind of venue would you want to see i think they'd be a good history venue like a mid-size kind of mid-size mid-size like i can be like hanging by the bar like wear my little daisy jones on the six shirt (laughs) sipping on like a i don't know like a mai tai like a cocktail (laughs) i have no idea and i feel like that would be Oh, that's a good vibe. Okay, I still haven't checked out the show, but I will do it. I will watch it. And then you can join us and we can be front row where don't go for Daisy Jones and the Six Aurora concert that I'm manifesting. I mean. Today's guest is your favorite Olympian's favorite Olympian. She's a two-time speed skater, turned athlete manager lead, turned podcast host, turned Olympic analyst, turned host. And if you could believe me, being an Olympian isn't even the coolest thing about her. Whether it's bar hopping around Blue Mountain Village or sending each other ransom voice notes from across the globe to get through the Beijing Olympics, I'm so lucky to have this guest in my life and can't wait for you all to love her as much as I do by the end of this episode. Please welcome to Talking Fast, Anastasia (laughs) Buses. (laughs) I'm nervous. Like Why? red leather, yellow leather. I don't speak as quickly as you do. You don't so this have is to. I'm like already sweating. Like, you don't oh. have to. You don't have to. You're also a pro with this. You've done how many episodes of POV podcast have you done? Oh God, 150 maybe. Exactly. This is oh, episode like you're a pro then. 13 yeah, or something get, for like, us. Like work all the we're kinks trying out to catch me. up with you here. So no, like no. we should be the ones that are nervous because we're with a <laughs> yeah, pro, right. a vet. How are you today? Good. I'm great. I had the day off. Well, that's rare for I, you. Yeah. No. Lovely. Lovely. I just binged Outlast. As I've been saying, it's like the perfect balance between Survivor and Alone, and it's so Ooh. it's like Lord of the Flies. Like society is just out the window. I loved it. You've convinced me. I need to go home yeah, and watch it. Maybe it'll be my next week. So what am I watching? Week, yeah. And it'll be because of it. Um, so for those that don't know you, because I want to take it back a little bit, because obviously I know you. Jacob doesn't really know you. So we're going to take it back a little bit or else we could get to inside baseball and just like chit chat and yeah. catch up the whole time. I want to take it back to Calgary days. Young AB just, you know, <laughs> trekking through the snow. I don't know what you do there. Um, what I want to know is how you actually got into speed skating as a sport, just because it's very niche. And I, I don't yeah. think I've ever asked you this. No, honestly, I remember watching Oksana by win in 1994 she like I don't even know I thought she was so beautiful I should have known I was gay like when I was like so young and it took me till I was 20 but I remember watching her win um the gold for figure skating mm-hmm. Tony Harding Nancy Kerrigan like the Ooh, yeah, epic yeah, yeah. drama melodrama even in my four-year-old brain I was like this is something to see and so I turned to my parents and I was like I, that's what I want to do I want to be a figure skater it's just the most athletic artistic beautiful thing I'd ever seen mm-hmm. and I'm 5'10", and, like, even at that age, my parents knew I was going to be tall. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sweetie, like, okay, maybe in a few years, but learn how to skate on speed skates because being from Calgary, we hosted 88, and the rest was history. Honestly, like, I always 
I didn't really like training, even when I was at a certain Olympic level. I didn't love training, mm-hmm. but I loved racing and I liked the competition and I always had good friends around me. So were you competing even as, as a yeah. kid? Yeah. Yeah. And like my maid of honor next to me, I'm getting married in August. Like we met when we were four years old. Oh, and like, wow. yeah, it's That's unbelievable. Crazy. It's very abstract to see a four year old um, speed skate. Well, I was going to say, why speed skates? Because I feel like, I mean, at least in Ontario here, most people, it's like, if you're going to learn to skate, it's on hockey skates. So why was it speed skates that you learned to skate? I on? think it was just because of like, honestly, the infrastructure from the olympics yeah. and right. my parents like my dad's like super quirky's the wrong word but like he would either put me in like speed skating or biathlon you yeah, know what yeah i mean yeah, yeah. and thank god it wasn't biathlon because that is way too <laughs> freaking hard but um yeah like they just had their their mind set up and the rest was history at what age did you realize that like the olympic dream was realistic then if you were competing the honest the answer is like very very old um oh really I qualified for Vancouver when I was 20 I was the baby of the team and I probably really didn't start believing in myself with that dream until I was I don't know 18 and a half oh like oh wow wow. yeah I made the Olympics basically off of the provincial team so that's why like I got a big bone to pick with anyone that thinks like you need to be Connor McDavid good at like 12 years Mm -hmm. old I don't buy into that narrative so yeah I was a I was a late bloomer and then I bloomed is that like common in that sport though? Would you say in speed skating or do most people, like one's a peak in speed skating usually? It's old. Oh, like, it is uh, older. Yeah. Okay. So physically, like if you're a sprinter, you peak around 28. Um, I retired at 27. So I was a real baby. I didn't reach my potential, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's definitely a, like a later peaking sport. And I was just really lucky that I had really good people around me and they kind of pushed me and pulled me along because I needed some pulling at times. So you didn't even realize that 2010 was, so 2010, just for those listening, was your first Olympics, which is a crazy first Olympics, like in Vancouver, in your backyard. So you didn't like, so leading into that, you're a year and a half out and you don't even like think that you're going to make that team or what? No, like I was a real dark horse. Like I had to beat a few folks that were like 15 years senior and it was kind of sad because you're like the bright eyed, bushy tailed kid. Right. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've just taken your dream. But, um, that's what happened. And then, so what's the motivation? You mentioned that you did right. You didn't like training so much, but you liked competing. Is that what you, I heard you I say? I love competing. I hate losing. Okay. And that's why I, that's my great mystery because winning does not feel good enough to counteract the pain of losing. So why oh, the hell do I do? Yeah. Why did I do that? I don't know. The two extremes I'm don't still match in up. therapy. We, we love we, we talk, talk about, about therapy, therapy all the time every single yeah. week on this podcast you are at the right we honestly yeah. it should have been called talking therapy at this point because that's what we talk about every single week okay so you say you hate training i want to know what the biggest misconception about being an olympian is oh that it's glamorous i don't know i mean maybe glamour is not necessarily like associated immediately but what you see it the Olympics is just like the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And there is a lot of, um, you know, opportunity that doesn't look all that sexy. Like it's like pull yourself up by the bootstraps and Mm -hmm. barf over this garbage can when no one is watching you, you know what I mean? And so like for now that we're on the media side of things, Mm -hmm. I'm like, we have to do a better job of making sure that we're telling the right stories at the right time. And a lot of those stories are like in the middle of an Olympic cycle when no one's thinking about speed skating. Cause those are really when you're like, when you are made or make or break a champion it's not like Katrina Lomito and just like showed up with a pair of speed skates like no. at the Olympics and then like becomes a champion yeah. it's like all this stuff leading up to it too yeah. and what's crazy is like you and I have always discussed the fact that speed skating I don't know how you compete in that sport specifically I played hockey which was a team <laughs> sport and like you have time to like make stuff up and yeah. time's a big thing but like for you like 
the difference between first place and like 28th at the olympics is what like a second yeah like Uh, less less than a second like your whole life is in like milliseconds so like you're a big mental health advocate and i'm sure like like that must have been like the most stressful thing like when you're in it like your entire life is like how do i get that extra millisecond 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 how do you like like live like that to be honest like how do you live with that it's very difficult and I mean, I struggled with clinical depression and anxiety for years, unfortunately, and was misdiagnosed probably, I don't know, two Mm -hmm. years after the fact. Like, it it was unfortunate because at that point, um, I mean, we've gotten better. Like, I think athletes speak about mental health more now, but 10 years ago, my God, like, I didn't even have the language to say I think I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough because when you are so dedicated, I mean, I'm sure you feel like this with some of your influencing stuff, like when what you do defines so much of what your identity is. Yeah. Like, of course I attach my self-esteem to my results. And so mm-hmm. when I had a good race, like, oh my God, I was walking two feet off the ground. When I had a bad race, like I could not even get out of bed. And I w- had thoughts of suicide, you know, ideation all day, every day for a long time. Um, and so now, like, I mean, and that's obviously tied to being in the closet, not accepting myself or loving mm-hmm. myself. And there's so many layers that we could impact. And I know we could probably be here for three, three hours, but mm-hmm. now like I, I need to show up to whatever I'm doing. No, know, knowing that like I've succeeded regardless of the outcome and how I define success is, did I focus on what was in my control? Mm-hmm. Can I look myself in the face with how I've treated people around me? Um, and just being really brutally honest with myself. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to have those conversations. Like, are you pulling your weight? If you're not, like, at least be honest with yourself 100%. about it. Yeah. And then on the mental health topic, too, because obviously you've talked, spoken about that quite extensively. And I heard you, I think it was on another podcast, maybe mention, like, essentially your toolkit for, you know, mm-hmm. maintaining your mental health. So when you think about what's in your toolkit, when you're, you know, trying to unpack these things for yourself, what does that look like for you? It's... Oh, that's a great question. My God, does I'm going to hire you for $250 an hour too. Um, yeah, it's really not, it's starting with like not overlooking the small things. If mm-hmm. I do not have a good night's sleep, like I know I am useless. And now that I'm 33 and I can have like two glasses of wine and <laughs> not be hungover, but three is like, I'm in bed, just useless. <laughs> like it's being very honest with the substances I pu- I'm putting into my body as well. Yeah. Um, And being honest with myself again with boundaries, like I am a people pleaser and Mm -hmm. I say yes to so many things that I don't actually want to do. And I resent myself and I have no one to be mad at, but myself, like Mm -hmm. I'm an adult, you know, I should be able to say, no, I don't want to do this. Not this podcast. I've been like counting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really starting with the simple, simple things that we so often overlook. Like I was going to say, yeah, you, I just, you saying that that's something that maybe even subconsciously I've done recently too, is saying no to more things because mm-hmm. myself in a very similar way would say I love to people please be like oh yeah let me help you solve your problems yeah. or just like maybe it's not yeah. even a problem but also just like let's go hang out when I probably should just be asleep exactly and like I'm not an Olympian but I'm training for a marathon and these are the things that I want That's, to be focused on yeah for like me for the betterment of like my not life, even just one maybe, marathon how many you have booked this year two three three yeah that's yeah. like multiple okay. marathons that's also maybe that's a misconception is how athletic ath- athletes at that level are because I could never run a marathon <laughs> 
ever. And I do I do not have any motivation ever to either. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the biggest things too is like motivation as well. So just to bring it back to the mental health thing is like it's what you, I think your what you want to be motivated or what you're motivated toward in life is probably what you should be focusing on and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say again, like you just said, saying no to the things that are maybe going to distract you from that is probably a good tool to have in your toolkit then. So 100%. What I'm not sure if most people that would listen to this podcast know is that you host and have been hosting Players on Voice for how many years now? That was like a 2019 launch? Four, I think. 24 years. Yeah, that's wild. So on Players on Voice, Anastasia Anastasia gives Olympians and other athletes, but it kind of primarily started with Olympians, Mm -hmm. I would say, um, the platform to tell stories through their own voice. Do you think that your own mental health struggles and being acutely aware of that, the coming out of the closet being one of the first Olympians to ever do that before Sochi do you think all of those things about you having to be so vulnerable and honest with yourself makes you a better host and be able to have better conversations with those people I hope so I think it does yeah I'm answering it um (laughs) yeah I've just felt so incredibly alone in times of my life that I never want anyone ever to feel that way and so if I can use bits of my story or lived experience to connect and hopefully like create a safe space, mm-hmm. um, I think vulnerability is a superpower. And I really like sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, like what is our problem as human beings that we can't admit that we're struggling with certain things? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I know. And so if I can like help move that needle even a little bit, then um, yeah, that's pretty fulfilling. Well, especially for me. because for you, like look at Tokyo and Beijing, like you were the first conversations some of these athletes would be having mm-hmm. after like one of the biggest losses of their life yeah. or something and they have to trust in you that you're going to be able to tell that story and like what does that responsibility feel like I guess it was a lot mm-hmm. and it was it was it put such a smile on my heart to be honest um but it was also devastating because yeah like you know you see Skylar Park who's a rock star and she was disappointed in what her Olympics turned out to be and she came up to me right before we were going on air and she said, I just want to hug. Like, I don't have my family here. Her, yeah. her father is her coach, but he was not with her. Like, and she was like, I just want to hug. And she knows me and I know her. And yeah. I couldn't give her a hug because of oh, COVID of protocols. And I was like, I can't, I might get fired, you know? Oh, um, and it, 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 it was just moments like that where I'm like, I'll never forget that. And it was such a gift and privilege to be able to interact with them in such vulnerable states. And like, hopefully you know, just mm-hmm. lend a helping hand and a soft touch. Um, and I was, yeah, I was proud of that work, but it's hard. Yeah, that was tough. Are Come those on. the stories that you like to tell with athletes and, and maybe people in general then too? Is like the, you mentioned it a little bit earlier too, that these are often kind of the things that maybe get overlooked when someone thinks about a professional athlete is, you know, they see the success or the failure yeah. on the day itself, but not necessarily all of the, you know, personal emotions and everything else, all the baggage that kind of comes along with yeah. the training and, and what it means to either succeed or not succeed. Um, is that what you're kind of curious about when it comes to storytelling? I'm interested in like what makes people tick and Mm -hmm. I get so grouped in like so many people are like, you're a sports person. And I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) not really. (laughs) Like I like sports. Someone just asked me like, Oh, what do you and Diana talk about at home? And I'm like, not sports. Like, I mean, obviously it's, it's our circle, but we have so many other, uh, you know, passions and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think. Definitely kind of getting to the root of like, yeah, those humanized elements. But what makes someone tick? Like I can't like Michael Jordan. I'm not a huge basketball fan and Mm -hmm. I have no desire to like meet him in any capacity. I wouldn't be starstruck if I met Mm -hmm. him. But I am like, 
wow, it is so fascinating to me that you had to make these stories up in your brain to be that good at, at, basketball even though your personal legacy with your teammates is just trash like that interests me I always say that uh those extreme level of athletes so like the Tiger Woods the Michael Jordans Tom Brady's those people that are so um so 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 successful individually Mm -hmm. at that point um I always I say if there's a Venn diagram of serial killers and those guys, the, the men like what their brain looks like. If we like scan their brains, would probably be a pretty similar crossover. They just choose to channel that channel obsession into, into sport yeah. as opposed to channeling it into something bad because it's, it's in, like it's insane like the way that they yeah. make up stories or truly only have that one thing on their mind. But I think what's great about your conversations is you have conversations to prove that athletes are more well-rounded people than just right. Tom Brady. Who's like, I throw football. Like I yeah. like, that's all like, that's all like, he cares. About. I don't think you'd get too deep with him. If you, I don't know, maybe we should have him on. I'll slip into his DMS. <laughs> Tom, can you come on? Can you come on the podcast? Yeah. Um, you had to jump, you had to go from the ice to let's say the broadcast booth but it's not really the transition but you had to go from the ice to the media pretty mm-hmm. quickly you decided you were retiring in what november of 2017 okay it was before that no it was it was spring of 2017 spring i was 2017. really hoping to compete in 2018 yeah. but my body was just like boom it and then out. my mind was like no this like i was just in pain all the times yeah on a physio bed it was just yeah. useless yeah. So, so then you had but like within that same year that you thought you still had a chance or you were still trying to go for 2018 for Pyeongchang Olympics, but then you were there working for CBC for the first time as media. What was that first games for you? Like still being in the village, still being like a part of it, but now you're media. You're kind of the bad guys on that side. Yeah. It wasn't great. I won't lie. I cried at opening ceremony and I like looked at like my colleague and I was like, I'm sorry, Don, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like I was just like sobbing because it was bizarre too, where like all of my friends are still competing. Are still competing. You're only 27. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. everyone's texting me like, what the, like just like sneak into the village, right? There's a yeah. media village and an athlete village. And I'm like, I cannot do that folks. Like yeah. I remember having this conversation with, Patrick Chan, who's a dear friend, he's like, just come into the village. <laughs> just tell them who you are. Like, it does not work that way. Um, so, yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster. And uh, I was surprised at, like, how how tough it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was also weird. Like, I was in the mix zone for Beijing. Fast forward a billion years. That was even weird because so many people still are skating. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And like, you feel like you're so many years removed from yeah. that. Yeah. And then it was bizarre being in the mix zone where I'm, like, talking to someone and I could tell the lights were on, but nobody was home, right? Because they were in shock. And that was a weird relationship when I'm asking them questions and they're not answering perhaps as themselves. Yeah, because you weird. know them still because yeah. they're still the people you grew up skating with. Yeah. So that transition was kind of, it was because of injury, right? Did yeah. you always, were you always, you know, thinking that eventually you would kind of transition to the media? Yeah, but my dream was to be an actress, and I'm taking some Don't say my dream class. was. Okay. Yeah, dream yeah. Hold on. I need to be an actress. Yeah. Yes. This we're, is the exclusive I was waiting for. Oh, good. I know. We're we're going to go to a second city it. improv yeah. class. We're, we're like, going to start going. It's going to be. We've been hype girls for each other. Yeah, I think. Thank you. I, honestly, like earlier you were talking about um, being like people pleasers and like 
saying yes to too many things I think that's what like made us start bonding was just that we like were both the people that were saying yeah. yes to everything and then we both kind of needed someone to complain about it too. <laughs> and then we just did and then that's where it came to like calling each other every day in Tokyo like she's in yeah. she's in Tokyo like she'd call me at, like she'd call Diana and then I'd be on the next FaceTime <laughs> after and she's like still in bed and it's like I'm about to do this show and she's like I need to wake uh, up when do you need me I gotta get on the bus like it just <laughs> truly like emotional support animals yeah. for each other like yeah. during those times but yeah we're gonna take a second city improv class together I love yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yes. And um, yeah, I was at improv in high school and Anastasia wants to be an actor. You can still say you want to be an actor. Yeah. I'm taking classes. I do love yeah. it. It's like, yeah. I mean, you have, I have typical insecurities where I'm like, oh, I already have a great career and I'm loving what I'm doing. So you don't want to like, I don't want to. You can also do more than one thing. Well, yeah, we've talked about that. I feel like it's Almost also every a, episode, a common yeah. theme. Yeah. Of like not essentially tying your identity to yeah. one thing in particular. And maybe that's like not to put words in your your mouth, but like the transition from being an athlete to then mm. being in the media and the difference like you were talking about with, you know, Media Village, Athletes Village. It, it's I imagine, right, it's got to be kind of a little bit of an identity crisis maybe, but then yeah. also, yeah, not limiting yourself to one identity in particular and, yeah, having the dreams that, you yeah. know, you can go and chase even if you feel like you're in. Instead, pretend to have a different identity and act. Yeah. That's so, the way to solve it all. So that's a long way around of, of, of acting. So is that something that you you said you kind of always No, I would to love. Do? Yeah. I would, no, I like in high school, I was like, oh, do I like continue speed skating or do I go to the Vancouver Academy of Dramatic Arts? Or right. I was honestly thinking of going to formerly Ryerson when I was in, yeah. in For high school. Like I That's really, crazy. yeah. So anyways, the universe, like I will say I'm proud of myself because I feel as though I've spoken things into existence yeah. pretty significantly because I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this seat in downtown Toronto. Like I'm a kid from Calgary. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I could have very easily ended up working at a bank and um, I'm just glad that I didn't like quit on that little voice in the back of my head. So we're going to go back in time a little bit because it's something that I don't think you give yourself enough credit for. And it's something that I will like yell from the rooftops when Anastasia introduced herself. And she, this, first of all, everyone needs to know when she introduces herself to people, she goes, oh yeah, I speed, I used to speed skate. Like she says it the same way that I say so I humble. used to play hockey. I'm like, I don't have the Olympic rings tattooed on my foot or the ring on my finger that I got at the government from the prime minister. Like it's, it's, she's so humble. But one thing that, um, like you also are, and I'll use this word, I think you are also a queer icon in the space. And I and I don't say that lightly because I don't think you give yourself enough credit for probably what you did for so many people in the LGBTQ plus community when you came out ahead of Sochi 2014. So for those who don't know the landscape, Anastasia came out Calgary Pride, right? Mm -hmm. The summer before Sochi 2014. Obviously, Russia, a country that is very anti-LGBTQ, and you were the only canadian athlete that was out at the time yes only the yeah only one from north america so the media from was north a little america. bit overwhelming yes yeah. and so she comes out and i like the article is like the first thing that pops up when you look up your name actually so proud and, to be gay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first thing that comes up but like that's a big load to carry so we've been talking about mental health the whole time we've been talking about all this like were you aware of what that was gonna like mean and what that weight was going to be that you were carrying or did you just go yeah I'm just going to walk in the pride parade like I don't care no I didn't know um and I did not realize the splash it would make um I did not realize that CNN would be calling me trying to fly me down to Los Angeles that my 92 year old grandma would be getting phone calls from reporters who oh, I think geez. it was Devin Haru <laughs> who's a colleague of ours <laughs> now 
I've had that conversation and now that I know it was him like are we like laughing about it oh my god um but yeah no it was really really overwhelming and I am so proud that I did it um but I felt as though I just yeah I had imposter syndrome because then I did it and I went oh my god but like I'm not like I'm not a gold medal threat like I had a really really rough Mm. lead up to Sochi unfortunately it was really when I was struggling with my mental health it was an ugly scene that's all I can say I went from being kind of a top 12 athlete in the world where, again, you're mm-hmm. w- winning or losing by two tenths of a second. Yes, you're in the mix. To, yeah, barely making, barely making the Olympics. Um, and it was a, it was a really, really bumpy road. And because I wasn't a gold medal threat, then I thought, oh my God, am I, am I doing this just for attention? Like, were my motives right? Of course they were right. I was yeah. wanting to do it yeah. for kids that were growing up in Wawanisa, Manitoba, or Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, or Red Deer. You know what yeah, I mean? Like sometimes I think we forget that we are in downtown Toronto, and it's not necessarily the reality for every yeah. kid in this country. And I just knew how much I struggled being, you know, white and privileged and middle class and with great family and great friends. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I couldn't even imagine if you were a kid from Russia and your government was linking your orientation to pedophilia yeah like I I just I knew that I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't do it but I did not realize that it would be as big as it became so one thing you and I have talked about a lot is because you give speeches about this obviously it's it was a huge milestone at the time and you still talk very openly about it but like how do you make it so that's not your because it's part of your identity but we've talked a lot about identity today like that's not your entire identity that you're not just Anastasia the gay figure skater who you're not a figure skater, I'm not a figure skater <laughs> you but wanted I, I wanted to but be. how do you make it so that you're not Anastasia the gay speed skater who was first come out and, like that's the only thing about you that people want to talk to you like how do you make it so you don't become I don't know you don't just tell the same story over and over again and you're not like a robot about it well I, I do think- have to tell a few stories over and over again but yeah I, I mean I guess it goes back to just how I introduce myself like I try and keep it pretty human first Um, and that's what I try and do with the podcast right like I don't believe my own hype and if you start believing your own hype like I'm gonna be like oh my god give me a break (laughs) like I'll always believe your hype though thank you because you're a good friend but you know I I try and yeah I try and of course like give space for certain stories to be told and expanded upon but I also never want to just put a big old label and be like that's exactly exactly what you are like I'm vibes are everything like I don't care how old you are where you come from this is maybe a Backstreet Boys song as long as you love me no but like really I I really just want to get to know the person and um I of course celebrate achievements but of course I I celebrate you if you're a good person more than if you're a good athlete. Was that a little annoying then, the media storm that came around it? Because everyone, all the headlines are pigeonholing you as that kind of... Yeah, as just that. Of of being that icon, right? When that that (laughs) kind of just, even though it is such a, um, you know, it's a big story maybe because a lot of people aren't out who are going to the Olympics and of course Russia. And it's 2013, so it's not the same landscape as like 10 years later. If you read that headline, it doesn't tell you exactly who you are. So is that frustrating? 100%. And it's been a huge driving motivator 
in my career now. And Mm -hmm. like, I've really, I don't know, it's been in the past six months where I've gotten a little bit more honest with myself with that kind of role in the media as well. Mm -hmm. I never liked chase producing like that. Like that's when you're like, you know, chasing someone to get an interview. Right. I know. I I do not like that. Why do you think I just keep asking my friends on this podcast? I hate asking people (laughs) to do things for me. But it, (laughs) it, it took me a minute to go, why don't I like this? So like, I really dislike this. And it, it took me a minute to, like finally say to myself it's because i've been chased by the news and it's very overwhelming yeah, it's not yeah. Fun. and you can tell with certain journalists like you can tell when someone really cares about you as a human and your story or who's just fi- filing a story because that's what they've been and they're told trying to, to get a sound bite or yeah. something yeah I don't, not, I don't i don't like to play in that space Ugh. it's hard to tell your own authentic story i imagine then too if someone's looking for the sound bite Mm-hmm. or just trying to get you to answer some way. Yeah. It's a tough thing to balance though, I imagine at the same time, because on the other side of that, were was there a positive response from people who maybe, you know, saw themselves reflected in you and maybe, you know, saw the courage that you're bringing to them? Yeah. And I was actually on a media blackout um, because it was so overwhelming. And I was like, oh boy, I just want to, like, I, I literally just want to go be my authentic self, hopefully lend my name and my face to anyone that needs to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had done a number, eh, I've done a, ha- I did a handful of interviews prior to Sochi, but actually at the Olympics, I was on a media blackout. And the only interview I gave was to a Dutch newspaper in Amsterdam because they love sport, uh, sport of speed skating, and they knew me. And it w- it just touched my heart. The, the um, title was the first... M- the first gold medal goes to Anastasia Busis. Yeah. See, that's a good, and that, that's a good headline. It was just gorgeous. Like yeah. I, and it was all in Dutch and it wasn't like a big, you know, article that came out in Canada or the mm-hmm. States or anything, but it just meant so much to me because they knew the sport, they knew my career and it, it, yeah. Anyways, I still like my hair starts to stand on edge. Um, but yeah, it was overwhelming. And then I kind of felt like, did I do enough? Did I do enough for the queer community? Because I had such a platform, but mm-hmm. I wanted to be a good athlete. And at that point, it was like the athlete side was like, okay, we support you. But like also like just shut up and skate, you know? Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they weren't saying that maliciously. It was just, that was the baseline of knowledge at that point. And I'm yeah. grateful that we've moved that needle for sure. Welcome back to our voicemail segment where every week we answer your questions. We try to give advice if people ask for it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You can email us at talkingfastshow at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at talkingfastshow. And you can DM us. They can be serious. Sometimes we get whiplash because the questions are all over the place. (laughs) AB, are you ready to answer some questions? Okay. So the first question comes from Juliana. It is, if MySpace still existed, what would your profile song be right now? If you had to oh, flowers today. by Miley Cyrus. Oh, that song yes. has given me more dopamine and serotonin than anything else in my entire life. It's a good song. <laughs> if I'm, a, a, I'm having a shitty day, I'm like, I can do whatever yeah. I want, Miley. You can buy yourself flowers. Yeah. Oh, that's Definitely. a good one. Sarah, what about you? Um, I've been listening to the Daisy Jones of the Six album a lot. Well, it's called Aurora. And so um, Look at Us Now is my current. It's like a five and a half minute song, by the way. And oh, like, it's just the epic. same chorus <laughs> over and over again. But she hits this one note. Like I wait the whole song for her to go up an octave for on like the last chorus pretty much. Yeah. But it's like really good. So that's like the one that's like like that. It's very like. You like that? Gotta listen to these things. Yeah, you should. For me, I when I had MySpace, I selected my song and I never changed 
changed it, so I probably would keep the same one. It would be Snow Patrol chasing cars. Oh, it's, oh my it's god! It's sad. I was moody, and I decided never to change it. And then Such MySpace a good just song, went away. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. It, it did you have like out. a side bang going on at the time that you also had this? <laughs> I did have really long hair, if you can imagine it, and like kind of the side. Yeah, yeah, thing. you did. Yeah. I can picture it. <laughs> probably wearing the same denim jacket too, <laughs> and just like being all sad and moody. Uh, voicemail one. question number two. Let's switch this up. This we are not going to have insight on. But I had to add it because we wanted... Jacob, his thing, if you listen to the podcast, he always wants the tea. I okay. do, so if you can drop some tea. You don't I have mean, to. Do this, have... However, granted, this question does not come from me, and it wasn't a burner account of mine or anything like that. It comes from, from someone an else. from an anonymous person on the internet. The question is, for voicemail, does everyone hook up in the Olympic Village? This is a common rumor, I think, that... I, uh, would, I, I mean, okay, not everyone, not 100%, but yes, there's a lot yes, of sex in the Olympics. A lot of it. Yeah, and there's like condoms everywhere. And, what, and whatever, if you're being safe and like you're being faithful to whatevs, like and you got to let off some steam. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like post-competition? Mostly. Mostly. Well, I would say like the introductions are starting to happen like... Before opening ceremony. Oh, wow. That's oh, yeah. Nice. Like, who do you walk with? You know, kind of scoping it out. But mm. um, yeah, no, there's definitely that's that's not like an urban legend. That's the that's the reality. Confirmed. Check Confirmed. Mark. Check mark. There's a little bit of tea for you, Jacob. There you go. <laughs> um, I really like this question because I think it's just a good vibe. Um, what what's been the happiest you felt in the past month? Oh, so, like what was the purpose? Not necessarily March, just like wow. in the past month. What's the happiest? That's a really felt? good question. That's tough. Okay, there could be split. De- split. What do you call it? Split, split decision? decision. It's not split decision. Uh, Fork what in the road. First, what do you what want comes to, to mind first? The path least. <laughs> yeah. I, which metaphor are you looking for I here? I think you know. I didn't know this until the other day, maybe today, that we just went through like the darkest winter in oh. like 75 years or something Jesus. like that. So <laughs> I got like a seasonal here in Toronto. Yeah, 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 I did. I got a sad laugh. So it's like, I think the happiest I've been in the last like, you know, few weeks, especially has been those moments when the sunlight is just like coming through the windows so like uh, there was one moment that comes to mind just have my dog just curled up hanging cuddling on the couch in the sun that's a happy moment for me i think that's oh, I the love happiest that. that's lovely Anastasia, <laughs> do you have one my i've had a few but a special one that like i didn't really know that i wanted or needed to feel my mom came and visited oh, and we yeah. had a lovely little like mother-daughter dinner had a little too much to want to drink a little too much wine to drink and um, I was getting her into like our guest bedroom and our duvet cover wasn't on. <laughs> we tried to find, we tried to figure out how to put the duvet cover on the duvet and we were like just drunk enough that we were not doing it. <laughs> and we I laughed so hard. Like it was just like such a goofy, silly laugh. And yeah. it was such a special moment that like at 33, I live in Toronto, she's in Calgary. We don't get those like stupid little yeah. laugh until you cry moments and we got it oh, we couldn't figure really, out the duvet that's a I good one that. sarah what about you um i don't know um i was like really happy that day that we did the jordan davis thing like the yeah because i think it was like a dream fulfilled that i had like and we talked about with Paige evans giving up on a dream or whatever the much music vj dream was like always a dream of mine so you like getting to do that and getting to interview someone like an artist that i not just like an artist I didn't know, like someone that I like genuinely like went to stagecoach was like, I need to see a Jordan Davis, like really a big, like, big like, artist, like one of my yeah. top artists on Spotify, like a huge deal. He was like the kindest person. So that set the vibes off good. And then like, I don't know. I like, I love that live event adrenaline. Like I forgot how much I missed that. And then 
doing it, succeeding, and then like it can be a podcast episode. I don't know. Just like it was really good, high vibes. I had a lot of friends and like I didn't have family, but I had a lot of friends in the audience to support too, which like felt really I just felt love. So like yeah. that was a really good it was a really good high dopamine day. I was that's like a good one. you can do this all the time, but I know that's it ebbs and flows. It's like everything. <laughs> Well, thank you, Anastasia, for coming thank on you. Talking Thank you. I hope I spoke fast enough. Oh, you were great. Yeah. Red, oh, leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> I was like literally doing tongue twisters on my way here. No. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, baby girl. You get a gift for coming on. There's supposed to be little self-care things, but then I also put a little special thing in there because I know you want to be an actor. So <laughs> it's your first little oh, Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You. You're welcome. Um, now is your chance to plug whatever you want or leave like your PSA, whatever you want, that is your camera and you can tell the people who you are, where to find you. When I came out to my mother, which was probably the single most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, certainly the most vulnerable, she told me, we're here to love, not judge. So remember, we're here to love, not judge. That includes loving yourself. You're worthy. You are special. You can change the world. And um, I don't know, send me money. I don't make that much money. (laughs) Slip into my DMs, like Venmo, whichever. I was like, I was like, uh, oh my god, that's probably the most sentimental the ending we've had. The, uh, the two extremes. I, no. oh, it's it's like love yourself, but also get that bag. Yeah. Okay, well, your PayPal information will be in the YouTube description. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talking Fast. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, five stars, all the positive things. Love yourself. Love our podcast. Come back next week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 